0: handle on the news handle on the news i'm telling you bill handle
1: says what i'm thinking exactly
2: never had an interest in any of it now suddenly he is resonating with the people and he's speaking our minds
0: here's bill handle all right
3: kfi handle here and uh, good morning Right, just uh, having a good time with uh, Wayne Resnick. First of all, uh, today is uh, Monday, June 11th, uh, a very important day in history. No idea what it is. None. It uh, probably means nothing. All right, there is, uh, I don't know, I'm just going through it. I love those this Is it week. also
1: National Something Something Day? It's always yes. National National Something. Making Life Beautiful
2: Day.
3: Seriously? National
2: Corn on the Cob Day. Okay. <laughs> and National <laughs> German Chocolate Cake Day. Oh,
3: not uh, Cream Corn Day. No. No. Corn Crozier, on the cob.
2: Crozier leaves this for me every
3: day okay. so I know. got it. So we love that. All right. Uh there's Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick. Good morning. good morning. Uh there is Alex. Do we have Morgan's arm back today? No, we don't. Okay. I love those arms. You know, arms <laughs> sticking you know right out there in the window or on the other side of the window. I love. Handel hates arm's control. Uh, that's very good. Wow. That's very good. And you, can you imagine uh, that we actually had someone back there who was an amputee, and uh, no, no arm even when you would be there, so dejected. I would every be, day. I would be so depressed too. All right, and there is uh, John Ramirez. Okay, oh yeah, God, so much today. Well, tonight at nine o'clock, uh, Donald Trump meets with uh, Kim Jong Un, and no doubt that's going to be carried live by everybody in the world. And uh, Donald Trump's a big guy; he's six foot three, I think. And Kim Jong-un is two foot two. And you can just imagine, uh, is Kim Jong-un going to wear six-inch elevator shoes like the Frankenstein shoes?
1: Are they going to do like they used to do in old Hollywood, where if the uh, leading man was not sufficiently taller... Than his female counterpart that he would do his scenes up
3: standing on a box. Yeah, maybe. Or like
2: TV anchors where they adjust the chairs yeah. so be, everybody's the same height. Hilarious.
3: Also, and not a lot is being made of this, because I have not seen video of Kim landing and coming off the airplane because he came off of a 747, an American built airplane. No kidding. Oh yeah. It was an air it was uh Air China or China Airlines, uh seven forty seven. Wow, what does that say, huh? Yeah, but, you know, they're, uh, I would think it would be flying in on a Russian plane, uh, <laughs> but I don't think uh, the only two, or even an Airbus, but I don't know if Air China has any Airbuses. They could be all uh, Boeing uh, Boeing uh, aircraft. Don't know the answer. Okay, uh, that we have uh, coming up. All right, well, so what, uh, what happened at the G7 meeting? Oh, just this huge pissing match between Justin Trudeau and uh, the president, everybody's going nuts. And we're going to talk about the tariffs. I was just talking to Wayne that virtually nothing is, uh, there are no tariffs of anybody, of any uh, of products coming into the United States. And legitimately tariffs that are charged by Canada, which are already in place, 270% on dairy goods. So much for free trade. And the president is absolutely right. And what did I say in terms of... Uh, What we import from Canada, you said we import. Oh, I said we don't really import much from Canada. And I said uh, we import wusses, people that leave Canada and come to the United States that are pantyweights, that are are just wussy, calm, well, even Trudeau said that, we're calm, we're polite. I think that's Dr. Wendy on the phone for you right Uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, <laughs> let's do it. Lead story. Oh, no, no. Before we do that, I'm sorry. I have to uh, remind you about uh, the Law Day 2018 coming this Saturday, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Uh, free advice in virtually every field of the law. And I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law live from 9 to 11 o'clock. Attend free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Law Day. It's at the Bowers Museum this Saturday. Sponsored by Cunning Dental. Loose or missing teeth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam and CT scan. Call 888-640-SMILE. Special appearance by Kim Jong-un. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What? That's a, a get. Good I get. want to get people out what? there. Uh, does I want to have... make this as exciting as possible. <laughs> will he be giving or seeking legal advice? Uh, he will. Uh, I don't know. It's a very good point. He will be threatening the lawyers with instant death. He is an death. expert
1: at the intersection of family law and assassination
3: law. That is absolutely true. All right. So uh, so much for that. Okay. Fair enough. Now, let's do it. Handle on the news. Lead story. I'm too good at goodbye. I'm too good at goodbye major story before uh, the summit was the G7, uh, which uh, out of the G7 came a communique, which the United States said it was fine in favor of free trade. And although it was so just general, just a nothing statement, it was just one of those generalities that are just, yeah, they mean nothing. It's just pablum. And uh, so uh, that was done and Trudeau, Uh, Justin Trudeau talked about uh, we won't be pushed around by the United States. We're a polite people. And Trump laid into him. Number one said we're out of that G7 communique. We're done. And on top of that, Trudeau is a wuss. Well, they didn't say he's a wuss. What he said uh, specifically. He was dishonest and weak. Right. Mm -hmm. So meek and mild. Very dishonest and weak. And our tariffs are in response to his 270% on dairy. And we'll talk more about that later because that's the truth. Under NAFTA, it's supposed to be free trade. And it for the most part is, except for dairy coming into Canada, 270%. Protective tariffs. And Trump is going, it's either free trade or it's protective tariffs. So he said, great, aluminum and steel, 25%. And we're going into a trade war. And he's right. Either there's free trade or there isn't free trade. It's that simple. Okay.
2: Well, in Singapore, it's game on
1: game on music, please. <laughs> he is. He's playing uh Simon Garfunkel Sorry, The Sounds of Silence. We right sail With- tonight for
3: Singapore. Don't fall asleep, while- Very good. We're going to talk a whole lot more about that later on uh, and uh, what happened with Kim and the fact uh, he may be the first North Korean leader to, uh, other than going to China in an armored train, flying a commercial airline into a country uh, that is actually a uh, world-respected and world-recognized country, although it's a city-state, Singapore. The whole thing is a city. It's like Sparta. Like, uh, or Vatican City. Yeah, Vatican City. Well,
2: Vatican City is two blocks. And when you talk about this, it's at 8 o'clock with somebody very special. You've got NBC Nightly News host Lester Holt.
3: Yes, Lester Holt. And, I, and you're going to tell me how sycophantic I was to Lester Holt, or I will be to Lester Holt. Uh it's, it I just You like Lester? I uh, yeah, I just suck up to him and it's <laughs> it's humiliating. All right, uh coming back more handle on the news. Jennifer. Hi.
1: Pretty good. How are you? He's here. Good. Don't worry. He's here. Oh, there he is. The, so- the, 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 the song this time was possibly a
3: little premature. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I've always had a premature issue. Okay, here we go. Wow, he said it
1: twice uh, well, in case I you missed it. Because
3: I didn't have my microphone on when I said it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, making coffee and then putting my sandwich in the Toaster oven and then
1: it's a lot. People do not understand so what, much it, that goes what, on. what
3: goes into hosting
1: a morning drive
3: show. There's <laughs> sandwiches to be crisped, coffee to be made. Yes, and one of the things I don't do is I'm not one of those people that take interns and say, "Go get me this, go get me that." Uh, I tried with uh, I tried with Michelle. She just laughs. <laughs> Just sat in the chair and looked at you and giggled. Yeah. Um, Alex, a little bit more cooperative, a little tiny bit. It's only because she's new. That's right. There'll be a time when uh, she'll look and go, hey, do I look like your housekeeper? Call Maria. Have her come in with you. All right. <laughs> that might be fun one day. Uh, no, she laughs at me, too, at home. Aww. Maria. She'll look at me, and I'll ask her to do something. Hey, what do I look like? Your housekeeper? Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. More handle on in the news, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me.
1: Well, uh, Singapore is paying 15 million dollars American to host this summit. Come on,
3: come on, to Which is nothing. Yeah, I'm compared kind of surprised the press how low getting. the
1: price tag is for something of yeah. this.
3: They magnitude. have a Singapore tourist Board, for example, nothing compared to what is going on. The world is going to be watching. And you know that every reporter is going to be scrambling for any sidebar story. So there'll be stories on that uh, three-columned uh, uh, hotel uh, with uh, the swimming pool on top, which is really neat, the world's largest infinity pool. And uh, there'll be the restaurants. There'll be, Believe me, it's going to be fantastic. Also, uh, when we talk about security, which I'm going to do at 720, what's up with the North Korean bodyguards? those bodyguards that run alongside the limousine that Kim is in, there's a whole world to that story. And I'll share that to you at 720.
2: All right. Well, you might not want to call the president a dictator, especially if you're a Fox News host.
3: Especially uh, adding Ader to uh, that particular phrase. (laughs) Well, Abby Huntsman
2: over the weekend was interviewing uh, former White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci, right? And the two are chatting, and she says, we are living regardless of what happens in a meeting between these two dictators. What we are seeing right now is history. Boom, Scaramucci right over it. Doesn't yep. even address it. Doesn't. doesn't even, it's like neither of them heard the word.
1: it, it was just a slip of the tongue. It, it exactly. was. Exactly. Almost, calling him
3: a dictator. No. Calling Trump a dictator. Scaramucci. Uh, yes, a man who eats tater tots. Okay, uh, <laughs> and stops right there. And never mind, I have this whole visual, or I have this whole audio. Uh, Scaramucci calls the president a disruptive risk taker willing to break the usual bonds of not going to a meeting like this. Uh, and I think that was a positive co- uh, comment that he made—a disruptive risk taker in the and fa- saying, "Hey, you cannot, uh, you cannot deal with this man and think you know what he's going to do. Uh, he is putting everybody on on notice that that the United States is a very different kind of animal. Don't assume that you know where we're going."
2: Yeah. I love, too, when he was talking about how, the, you know, how the president says he doesn't want to prepare for this. He just wants yeah. to go in and sort of feel out the situation. Yeah,
3: the president, he's lazy. He doesn't wing it. Well, he doesn't read policy papers. He doesn't no. read. He doesn't read anything. Well, security, uh, the, the the security meetings that he has every day he goes, get out of here.
2: Well, that's what Kellyanne Conway apparently jokes about, how they used to try and get him going with like debate prep sessions. Nothing. And he would say to her, she joked, but he would say, wait a minute, what are you doing debate prep? I don't want to do debate
1: prep. I'm ready for the debate. Uh, There was too much pride in West Hollywood Saturday night. It was the uh, Gay Pride Festival, and uh, it was sold out for the first time in in its 40-year history, and apparently... There were so many people that people started showing up who had tickets, who had bought tickets and had to be turned away. And then uh, a group of people tried to get through one of the temporary fences to get in. But I will say, for a crowd of people trying to bust into an event, nobody was
3: injured. No. So it's sort of like polite trying to bust That's in. That's true. Uh, they were too careful uh, not to soil their tutus. And they wanted to make sure yeah. that... What? Why? Anyway, 40,000 people there. I've often said this politically, at this point you don't screw around with the gay community. They are way too number 1 savvy uh politically and uh they are way too uh, connected to each other. Uh usually don't talk about a mo- usually nothing is monolithic, right? The Hispanic community, for example, the Jewish community, this is fairly monolithic in their approach to politics. And they are very, very powerful and good for them. Uh, They've taken becoming minority, a minority, and really moving in a separate direction. With tutus and boas, I might add. Okay, we will come back and do more Handle on the News. KFI Handle here on uh, the... The 11th, easy for me to say, the 11th day of June. And uh, we've got a lot to cover. There's, there's breaking news. Yeah, Jen? It's,
2: it's a little more information on what we've been hearing about this morning. We heard that the president had made an announcement that he would be leaving on Tuesday because talks were going more quickly than expected in North Korea. And a lot of people said, "Okay, this is just because he hadn't given an exact time for when he was leaving. Well, turns out that, yes, in fact, he was supposed to leave on Wednesday. Now he's announced he's going to leave on Tuesday after a full day of meetings with Kim. But you also have to wonder, Kim Jong-un was expected to depart on Tuesday. So it's possible the president even found out about that and then said, "Okay, fine, he's not going to stay any longer either.
3: Now, they've also left some wiggle room for him to stay longer in case the talks last longer. So there is some room, maneuvering room there. Okay. Uh, also, Law Day coming up uh, this Saturday, nine to two o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from handleonthelaw.com with free legal advice in virtually every field of the law. Uh, Handle on the Law Live, the broadcast, nine to 11, free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. Just log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. Sponsored by the Bowers Museum during Law Day. get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at this extraordinary museum. Uh, That's this Saturday, Law Day. Okay, and some of the big stories that we're covering, of course, uh, we're going to be covering a good part of the G7 and uh, the uh, summit with uh, President Trump and Kim Jong-un. And then probably the most important part of the day, uh, the news, is we finally know why IHOP is now... Hob. Remember we had that story? They changed the P to a B, wondering, was it a typo? Uh, no. No, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happened. I may, I may actually introduce uh, or interfere with the Kim Jong-un president story with this. Wow. Because this is more important. All right, let's move on. Wait, you're really going to talk
1: about the summit in light of this development? Uh, well, that's a good point. Why uh, would you even talk about this dumb summit between when, two world leaders when, when we when, can talk uh, about IHOP. iHop is now iHob?
3: Yes. All right. Let's move on. Handle on the news.
2: All right. Well, we now know who started that 175 acre fire in Aliso Viejo.
0: Oh,
2: it was a boy. He admitted he accidentally... No one knows what that means. I know. And that the, they're not going to tell us either because no. he's a juvenile. Yeah. But they just said that, yes, this kid did come forward and say, yes, it was me. I'm the one who started the fire. And uh, it, it started about 1 o'clock on Saturday. It's now 75% contained. That's our latest update.
1: Okay. Uh, police were called to a parking lot in San Bernardino where they found a dead woman either inside a box... Or next to a box. Yeah, it's not would, clear
3: from the news articles. You would, you would if think we'd know by now. Well, The
1: headline says inside a box, but right. later in one of the articles here, it says uh, a witness told uh, a, a local television station the body was near a wooden box from wrapped what,
2: in a tarp. From what I understand, that, uh, and I had a witness earlier today who mentioned that she had seen this box like a week ago, and it was laying flat, and then she walked by it, I guess... Yesterday or the day before And it was standing up with a tarp over it Oh, interesting So they moved the tarp Because they noticed, like, hey, so what's this box? So it's a
3: rectangular box that you can put a body into Right, and okay. then they
2: found the body inside They Weird said story. when they took
3: the tarp off All Right, talking mm-hmm. about boxes oh, and dead Anthony bodies Oh,
2: Jane, the celebrity chef His body is stuck in France
3: Richard Corey went home
2: last night and put a no surprise, if
3: you've ever dealt with France, this is a country that has more interference by the government than you could ever, ever imagine. It is crazy how much bureaucracy France has. Keep in mind, everybody in the country works for the government, and they all work 22 hours a week. And uh, they all have wonderful pension plans. Uh, if you're lazy, you go to France. And get hired by a company because you'll be hired there for the rest of your life. They can't fire anybody. But the point is, it'll be a few days. A lot of red tape in France. And uh, so they'll be taking him back uh, for burial. And I'm assuming going to New York. I think he lives in New York or did live in New York.
2: And his estranged wife is handling all the funeral arrangements. Right. But um, also, uh, KFI Steve Gregory, I don't know if you got to hear this this morning, but he and Anthony Bourdain... Kind of had a friendship. They did, and um, it, it he did this really touching piece for Wake Up Call for me this morning. It's like a ten minute piece, and he's got actually an even longer piece on his Twitter feed this morning at Stephen Gregory. Please go do yourself a favor and listen to this because this interview with Steve, it's like the two of them are just chatting, and it's insights into Anthony Bourdain I don't think a lot of us knew because Steve talked to him as a friend, and yeah, Anthony no, it, talked back to him. It's uh, they it's were a, friends.
3: It's a very interesting interview. Uh, the pizza delivery guy
1: who delivered some food to a military base and then was reported to ICE has won a reprieve, at least for now. Well, A federal judge uh, blocked his deportation, not permanently, though. It's just uh, going to delay month. what
3: might be the inevitable. Yeah, and it's probably going to happen. This is the pizza guy who delivered pizza to the military base, which he had done many times before. And uh, one of the guards asked him for ID and he showed him his New York ID and the guard, "Eh, there's something wrong here, called immigration. That's right. He was on a deportation order and they picked him up and off he went. And then the uh, activists, uh, the uh, pro uh, illegal aliens who are stuck in detention, I think that's the name of the actual group, uh, uh, in fact, jumped in and got the order uh, or got uh, the the order to deport. To deport him uh, immediately. Stayed until June, uh, July 20th, where he will be deported. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back. In the meantime, Jennifer Jones Lee with the news. Fair handle here on a Monday, June 11th. Uh, tonight is the fateful meeting between Kim Jong Un and the President. And uh, that will happen at nine o'clock tonight, our time. All right, let's go ahead and uh, finish up. Handle on what? It's six o'clock our time. Oh, sorry, nine, nine o'clock, o'clock East, Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thank you. Uh, and let's go ahead and finish up. Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me.
2: Yeah, and there are some Marines at Camp Pendleton that uh, probably didn't necessarily go along with the code of conduct. In fact, two have pleaded guilty to rape and drug possession and four others face criminal charges, including solicitation of prostitution, domestic abuse, oh, and kidnapping. This all started clear back on September 8th. There was a Lance Corporal who charged with sexually assaulting two Marines, uh, one on September 8th, then on November 10th. There's another one who possessed drug paraphernalia. The senior most uh, Marine is awaiting court martial. And uh, he apparently engaged in a forbidden relationship with a junior Marine, prosecutors say. And uh, that trial starts on August 20th.
1: Hey, uh, Cuba says we've looked into this whole uh, people at the U.S. Embassy in Havana getting sick thing.
3: We can't figure it out. And it may, may, may very well be the government itself, of course, is doing it, but... Are they going to admit that? No. Hey, we tried. We can't figure it out. Sorry about that.
1: They're actually playing the victim here. They're saying, hey, you're pulling people out of your embassy. You're damaging the the new relationship with the country. And there's no reason to do it because there's nothing scientific that could explain this anyway.
2: Well, Florida apparently stopped doing gun permit checks for more than a year. That's how we
3: do it right Yeah, and it was the fault of some bureaucrat. Somewhere in there, if you uh, she, look the at what the woman who
1: was the woman at the Division of Licensing, who was responsible for running the checks, lost her login information, and instead of immediately going, "Hey, I can't log in,"
3: she just let it go. Yeah, waited a
1: year, for a year,
3: a year, and so they have people who should not have gotten uh, gun permits. Well, the state ultimately revoked 291 yeah. permits out of 1.85 million who actually applied for uh the concealed weapons permit. I, I don't know if that number is it's obviously hyperbolic, but uh out of uh, all of them over the core actually it is 1.9 million
2: just from February of
3: 2016 to March of 2017. You know what? I was being hyperbolic, but it I was I actually understated it. So uh the revocation was a big 291 because if you're going for a concealed weapons
1: permit, you've you've already successfully bought a gun. Yes, yeah. true. So very yeah. few people who Maybe apply revoked. for the permit wouldn't be eligible for it. Hey, the uh, valedictorian at Petaluma High School, uh, her mic was cut off in the middle of her speech. Me
0: too.
1: Well uh, done, nicely done, and that's because after talking about various topics. She turned to uh the fact that she had been sexually assaulted on campus and she had been warned right not to bring it up and she did and they cut her mic off. Yeah.
3: I mean she and I assume she agreed to that. Uh because oh, I'm she sure was sure she, she was still the valedictorian. Oh, sure. So um they said, Okay, you can't do it. And now who's gonna take her side? I guess everybody. Yeah. Okay, uh bank robbery. <laughs> this is great.
2: Bank robbery like I've never heard of before. How about a uh Give me all your money and I'll give you a sexual favor? No, 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 this woman in Birmingham, no, 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 Alabama, 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 Alabama goes into the Forestdale yeah. Bank, you know, hands a note to the teller and says that apparently read, give me $6,000 from the vault. And if you comply, I will reward you with a sexual favor. But if you refuse, I will claim that you sexually
3: assaulted me. Now, uh, do we uh, too bad we don't have her mug shot? No. Because (laughs) she could be so ugly that the teller looked at her and said, "Uh, sexual favor, I'd rather be shot.
1: Wow. You know what? I might bring this up again during Do They Have a Case? Because this presents a very interesting question of whether she really is guilty of bank robbery. Yeah. Oh, I just saw her. Not not bad. No? Not bad. Okay. No. Hey, uh, (laughs) St. Louis... University has set up the hotel influenza. You can check in anytime you like, but you're definitely going to wheeze.
3: The Hotel California. You can check in, but you're never checking out. Uh, they want people no, to come there. No, we're at the terror, Tower of Terror at Disneyland.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I get those two confused. As well. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Thirty five hundred dollars. You will be paid. You will go there. You will either get an experimental vaccine or a placebo. Then you will be infected with the flu, and for 10 days you will be cared for by nurses around the clock. It sounds yep. like, other than the flu part, it kind of sounds like. 3,500 cool. bucks. 3,500 no. bucks, catered meals. Yeah. Everybody gets their own private bathroom, which, if you have yeah. the flu, thank goodness, uh, they'll have TV, internet, you know. Picture window yeah, views I mean, of the St. Louis now Arch? Now, getting
3: the flu, uh, you know, I, that's not fun. I mean, you're sick no. as a dog. All right, let's finish up with Matt Lauer news.
2: Oh, Matt Lauer is going to be a cattle farmer. Home. Well, he already is. Well, he gets to keep his ranch in New Zealand, right? Yep. And it, because, remember when he was accused of sexual misconduct, New Zealand has this good character condition as to whether you can own property or whatever. And so he has this... Hunter Valley Station that he bought last year, or he purchased, I guess, at least for
3: yeah. the station. 26,000 acres. Can you believe this? Yeah, with a trout stream. And uh, this, so just this is what you get or can get when you make $25 million a year. Cattle yeah. and sheep. Five bedroom lakefront homestead, several huts, 13,000 cattle and merino sheep. Now, what I find very interesting is you and the government can take it away uh, anytime they want if you have bad... Uh, character and it's the government that makes that decision what I find fascinating is here he is being accused of sexual misconduct and they let him keep the sheep Wow <laughs> I think we'll stop at that point that's a strong finish thank you very much coming up what happened at the G7 meeting
2: it's you.
3: KFI Handle here on a Monday, June 11th, uh, tonight, uh, 6 o'clock our time. uh, The meeting between uh, the president of North Korea, if you want to call him a president, right? Uh, Who wins overwhelmingly. I don't even know if he runs for office. He may have some kind of a vote within maybe the, the Congress or whatever the hell they call it up there. And so that's going to be covered here on KFI, of course. And, uh, oh, coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, my interview with Lester Holt of NBC News, who is in Singapore right now. Also, uh, Law Day 2018 is coming up this Saturday from 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Uh, Free legal advice from over 100 legal experts and a live broadcast of Handle on the Law. Attend free seminar, win prizes, log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day this Saturday. Okay, now, uh, Donald Trump, a lot of controversy about what happened at the G7, uh, the summit there, uh, the conference of uh, the top seven economies in the world, and so what happened? Well, uh, first of all, the issue of, uh, and and this one, uh, yeah, a lot of people have a real problem with, and that is, he said that Russia... Should be part of it. It should be a G8 because Russia certainly is a world economy. And now it's a G7 because uh, the G7, the other nations threw Russia out when uh, Russia annexed the Crimea. And uh, so we'll show you. So they uh, threw out Russia. He comes out and says, uh, We have to put Russia back in. It makes no sense. Uh, in a very impromptu meeting with the press, He's out there, and they run up, Mr. President, Mr. President, and he starts talking to them. Uh, He said, uh, uh, why are we having a meeting without Russia being in the meeting, just as he was to depart for uh, the weekend meeting in Canada? Why are we having a meeting without Russia being in the meeting? And I would recommend, it's up to them, but Russia should be in the meeting. And uh, that is, uh, that's a little controversy. And what he says is, we have to talk to Russia. He's the only person on the planet who doesn't believe that Russia meddled with the election. And he speaks fondly of Putin, Vladimir Putin, which Putin hates the United States, incidentally. And there is incontrovertible proof that Russia meddled, and the president just simply ignores that. So that's one issue. The other issue in which it gets a little bit deeper And that is uh, what he said uh, in the summit uh, among the G7. And he talked about the tariffs. And uh, he walked out of the meeting uh, saying he would sign the communique, which was pablum. It was uh, very general and it meant nothing. But it was sort of a loose, we're going to work together and uh, we're going to work with tariffs and free trade. It was crap. And uh, so... Uh, Justin Trudeau afterwards uh, talks about being that Canada will not be bullied by the United States. We're going to do what we're going to do, and we don't want to hear it. And, of course, Trump comes back. You do not uh, at all criticize the, the president of the United States, by uh, especially another foreign leader. So he comes down truly very hard on Trudeau and calls him weak, And a stab in the back, although other people in the Trump administration said he stabbed America in the back. And it had to do with uh, the uh, tariffs. And it had to do with the tariffs that the president threw on Canadian and Mexican and European Union aluminum and steel. And the big deal the president said is, well, look at the tariffs that the Canadians put on us and I'm doing this in response, and it has to do mainly with dairies. in matter of fact, almost uniquely with dairy, uh, dairy products, at 270% tariffs, which is huge. Effectively wiping out the Canadian market from uh, American poultry producers or dairy producers. And so he said, uh, okay, you do that because everybody believes in free trade except that. Then we'll start throwing tariffs up. So at first glance, you go, makes sense to me. All he's doing is retaliating on this tariff, so it becomes a trade war, effectively. Mine is bigger than yours. You throw it to me, my dad will throw it back to you. My dad's bigger, and you get into a fight, and that's what it is. Uh, except, if you go a little bit deeper, uh, those tariffs were part of NAFTA. Free trade between Canada, Mexico, and the United States But part of the negotiations and part of the treaty that was signed is that those dairy tariffs in Canada were negotiated into NAFTA. And this is one of the reasons the president wants out, much like the Iran deal. We made a bad deal. And I'm going to make the United United States bails out of bad deals. And I'm renegotiating. Free trade is free trade. And, um, okay, it makes sense to me. This is an easy one. All Canada has to do is lift those tariffs and we're done. I mean, we don't charge tariffs on our products. For the most part, they don't charge tariffs on uh, on our products. We don't charge on their products, except some very small potatoes, ballpoint pens or something. And um, otherwise, it's free trade. So it's just a question of Canada just stopping those that particular tariff and that takes away the president's argument but he what he wants to do is he doesn't want to be part of any general agreement with other countries he wants the united states to individually individually negotiate with every country i mean that's who he is so this tariff business is a little bit deeper the president's comments on russia make no sense i mean do you punish countries that act unilaterally that go in and annex other countries well i guess you don't with russia and you want them back in all right coming up uh those Korean. let's have fun with this one those korean bodyguards that you see running along the with the north korean lim- uh the limousine i'm going to tell you the whole story there's a world of this and it's fascinating kfi let's go to jennifer jones <laughs> And I
4: think it won't be a young, young time Till Trump pounds Kim with missiles he will find Or not the duds that fat kid has at home Oh, no, no, no These are rockets, man Rockets, man All right,
3: very funny stuff. (laughs) Handle here. (laughs) On a Monday, June 11th, tonight at 6 o'clock our time, uh, the summit begins. Uh, and uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, my interview with Lester Holt, NBC News anchor, who is in Singapore to cover the summit. All right. Uh, those guys, this is just fun. Uh, you you see the limousine, the armored limousine that Kim Jong-un drives around, the Mercedes. And you see uh, the uh, the bodyguards of Kim Jong-un, North Koreans, and they're jogging. Next to the car. Matter of fact, jogging behind the car, next to the car, uh, they all look identical, same suits with ties, et cetera. And what is that about? Well, Kim Jong un has three
4: lines
3: of security that surround him. Uh, first of all, uh, the ones that are the most important to him are the bodyguards that run along his limousine, and then those who walk in close proximity. And uh, they're called something, uh, they're called the Central Party Office Number 6. Hmm. And they form the immediate line around uh, Kim and are selected from the Korean People's Army, fulfilling their mandatory uh, military obligation. They have, uh, obviously, they have the draft there. And uh, criteria include a height requirement. They have to be about the same size as the Supreme Leader which is why they've asked the president to hunch over when uh, he meets with Kim. Uh, and they can't have any visual impairments. For example, they have to have both legs. Can't have uh, open shankers on their faces, for example. They can't do that. Uh, they have to obviously have uh, the requirements of marksmanship, uh, martial arts, uh, a rigorous background investigation, Going back two generations, they're vetted, and uh, a lot of them are related to the Kim family or other elite North Korean families, and once they're accepted to become bodyguards, actually they're drafted to become bodyguards. This is uh, not a volunteer force. And then comes the training programs, uh, and it's basically special operations training, Delta Force training training. And they're the only ones in North Korea permitted to carry loaded firearms next to uh, Kim. Some high-ranking military, but uh, these are the only ones who are not very high-ranking. And it's mainly, and it's, it's mainly their uh, skills of observation. And that's exactly the same as the Secret Service. Most of their jobs is glancing around at the crowds to see if there's any any movement uh that uh, it seems to be unusual someone looking staring uh in an unusual way uh, trying to hide behind someone and they immediately notice that and uh it's uh they also get his liquor and his food and ostensibly his women i guess now the part that i love the best is that car his limo and It's off the shelf. I thought it'd be custom made, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would have thought it would have bulletproof doors. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Oh, it has all of that. It's uh, the Mercedes Maybach stretch limousine, the S600 Pullman Guard. So they take uh, the Pullman Guard, which lists for $530,000, and then it is modified so it lists for uh, $1.57 million, and uh, it is, it's a stretched version of uh, the Maybach, 21 feet in length, armored protection like crazy, has a 6-liter, 530-horsepower twin-turbocharged V12 engine, and it weighs 11,000 pounds, but it still hauls. Steel protection panels inside the body Overlapping protection panels, critical areas of the card. Armored floors to protect from bomb blasts. Ultra-thick laminated glass windows coated with uh, uh, polycarbonate on the inside so it doesn't splinter. Certified at resistant class will effectively stop bullets of any kind. I think an RPG can get into there. Now, inside, that... Uh, You can configure to yourself. You know, you can put in all of the gadgets you want. The refrigerator, uh, whatever. And I don't know if it has the same thing that the president has in the Beast, which is uh, the Lincoln or the Cadillac, I think, that uh, the president's uh, limo is. The president's limo also has protection against uh, nerve gas or gas attacks, any kind of gas attacks. It can be sealed. And has its own oxygen supply. I don't know if this one does. The doors on this one, as others, open and close, and he's an electric motor because you can't open the door yourself. Uh, the windows are so heavy that they're uh, they're run by hydraulics, and they can be. And the car can be fitted with sirens and fas- flashing lights, uh, emergency starter battery, uh, of course, a communication system, and what's fascinating about this is that anybody can order this. And they are ordered. This is off the shelf. So if you would like one, and you can buy one, although I'm assuming the waiting line is uh, fairly long, uh, $1.57 million.
2: By the way, Kim Jong-un has left his hotel for a
3: late-night city tour
2: right now around
3: Singapore. Oh, I'm looking at it. And they're going two miles an hour must be quite a tour, and I don't, and, I don't see any
2: people on the street either. No, uh huh. It's just police car after police car, and then Kim Jong Un's vehicle in the middle. Um. But you were earlier. You had asked about the height difference. So President Trump is six three. How tall do you really think that Kim Jong Un is? Just guess.
3: I. Uh, Five,
2: four, five, five? He's actually five, seven. Oh, is he? He's a little taller than I thought. Okay. But President Trump is 71. Do you know how old Kim Jong un is? Oh, yeah, 32, 33. 34. Just turned 34 in January. And he took
3: over at 28. Yes. And he was this big, bubbling young man, fat and roly poly. And of jolly looking. Yeah, believe me. He's, well, he's even more dangerous and sharper than his dad. He actually reminds people of his grandfather who was ruthless and kim jong-un seems to be going in the same way so his appearance uh it uh, really isn't who he is he'll knock off members of his own family he has no problem all right uh coming up mula monday with guy Dami, and don't forget uh lester holt coming up at eight o'clock and he is in singapore and i'll be talking to him so still a lot going on kfi am 640 and,
0: uh, money talk. <laughs>
3: Live radio. See what happens.
0: Here comes the money. You be professional.
3: (laughs) All (laughs) right, Campai here on a uh, Tuesday uh, or a Monday, uh, June eleventh is Tuesday in uh, Singapore, and uh, the President Kim Jong Un meeting tonight six o'clock our time. Uh, That's a rather historic summit to say the least. Also coming up at eight o'clock, uh, I am speaking to Lester Holt, uh, NBC News anchor, who is in Singapore right now. Also, want to remind you that Law Day 2018 is this Saturday at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, nine to two o'clock. Free legal advice by over a hundred lawyers. Free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Just go to log, uh, just log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. All right, Got a lot to cover, isn't there? Now it's time for Moolah Monday with Guy Adami. And good morning, Guy. Good morning. Bill. Oh, yes. In the midst of all this, uh, with the trade talks and the trade war that's going on between Mexico, Canada, the United States, and the European Union, and the big news is Justin Trudeau and uh, our president getting into a cat fight, what's being sort of lost? is uh the real problem and that's china and the united states you want to expand a little bit on that
0: a hundred percent the real problem is china and the united states because you know we have a tremendous trade deficit with the chinese for any number of reasons not least of which they're able to produce their goods at significantly lower cost than ours their goods are far more um uh easy to access for our consumers than ours are for their consumers And quite frankly, if you enjoy paying everyday low prices at Walmart, there's something to be said about the goods coming in from the Chinese. I think Walmart probably gets somewhere 60 percent or more of their goods from overseas. So, listen, I understand that people are upset about this. There's a cost associated with it. But if you want to make a level playing field. I think we all then have to be ready to pay higher prices. I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves.
3: Right. So, uh, with uh, the the pissing match uh, the president's having with Justin nice. Trudeau, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, if you're actually talking about uh, money. Uh, and tariffs. It's about a bunch of chickens, and that's basically it. A bunch of chickens and some milk. Uh, And some cows. Yeah, we're not talking about a lot, but with China, it's enormous. Now, the bottom line with China, if uh, you would comment on that, the tariffs that China charges for the American goods versus the tariffs that the United States charges or puts on Chinese goods, would uh, you compare the two?
0: No, you can't compare the two. Obviously... We don't really, we don't we don't tax the goods coming in nearly as significantly as they tax our goods attempting to come into there. But the real question is: is there a market for the goods that we make here in China? Is big is as big as the market for the Chinese goods that comes to the United States? And just to bring the, the Canadian thing in here, I think it's important that you did that. What I think is going on, I don't think the president really cares one way or another about what's going on with Canada. But what I think he's trying to do is show the Chinese, hey, watch, I'm going to be tough with the biggest allies we have. So what do you think that's going to mean for you? So for me, it's all this with the Canadians and with the G7 is a negotiating tactic, I believe, with the Chinese. Is it going to work? Well, what do you think? You know, my sense is Is it going to work? Let's put it this way. Politics aside, just about everything this president has tried has wound up to work, um, much to the dismay of his detractors and much to the glee of his supporters. So maybe it will work. Maybe the system needed to be upset in such a way that people understand um, the the sort of – the the tax that he takes are not historically – The way that things have been done and maybe shaking up the system exactly is what needs to be done in order for it to work.
3: Yeah, well, the reality is with uh, China is uh, the balance of trade uh, that is hugely uh, in China's favor. But it would be even under a totally free market system where China doesn't tax American goods. America doesn't tax Chinese goods, assuming it's totally free trade. You're still going to have uh, the imbalance. And what does Donald Trump 100%. do about Yeah, so what does the president 100%. do about that? I mean, he can't. Well, there's,
0: there's nothing he can do about that because if you, in, in fact, make it a totally free trade and there's still an imbalance, then what is he going to say? You know, Bill, my sense is you have a trade imbalance with your dentist, but it doesn't mean your dentist is ripping you off. So oh. I don't think trade imbalances always mean you're getting ripped off. Sometimes it means somebody provides a service for you. And you can't provide a commensurate service for them, but on the other side, you bill handle provide a service for somebody that they can't provide for you. Just because there's a trade imbalance on one side doesn't mean a, doesn't not necessarily mean you're getting fleeced.
3: Great analogy with a dentist. I love that. I thought you would have gone with hookers, but uh, well, great.
0: No, why would I? Why would I? No, just
3: it's know. an it's analogy time. That's all. And, and, and that's all. But anyway. Uh, hang on, and we're going to come back and talk about net neutrality. That That's is, oh, that is huge because it's happening today. We'll be back mm-hmm. with Guy Adame uh, and uh, Moolah Monday. KFI AM 640, uh, Jennifer Jones. Is the playing situation. There's no negotiation with the fellas at the freaking FCC. Oh, yeah. Here we go, guys. Very funny stuff, by the way, John. I love it. Handle here on a Monday, June 11th, uh, tonight, six o'clock our time. Uh, the summit, a long-awaited summit between Kim Jong Un and the president, is occurring, and of course, it will be covered live. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, I'm going to be talking to Lester Holt, uh, who is in Singapore right now. Some news there, and uh, right now we are talking to, or I'm talking. I always love the we. It's like the royal we, right? We are not amused. Uh, guy adami mula monday all right guy ready to start again let's go bill okay net neutrality this week uh two big issues net neutrality and uh, a couple of big communication company mergers but the net neutrality affects every single one of us so would you explain what's happening now what they want to have uh, happen and uh how it's going to affect us
0: All right, so net neutrality, free and fair Internet for everybody. Uh, Internet providers can't basically pick and choose the sites that they want to push forward and slow down other sites. And, you know, it's been a big – it was a big Obama-era administration thing that's being basically repealed today. What's happening now is people are up in arms because today net neutrality ends. And the fear is the free Internet access – you know, you can see all sites equally – will no longer be the case, and providers can pick and choose whose sites they want to speed up in terms of getting them to you and whose they want to slow down. This has become a Republican-Democrat thing. Uh, uh, Officials are up in arms. Republicans say this will actually make the Internet better for consumers and cheaper. Other people say this is going to basically – put us into the dark ages in terms of what the Internet is. All right, so which way, that's, that's which, the story. Which so way
3: is it I going to that. go? Uh, what, is well, it going to be one or the other? What's your take on no, it? No,
0: it, it's not going to be one or the other, because basically, although today is day, day one of the death of net neutrality, there are eight states that have said, no, 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 no not so fast, and there are a total of 29 states that have put forth a, a edict that says, no, this is not going to happen. I think it's going to wind up being a state thing. I just think this uh, administration is planting the seed to try to get something done um, that benefits the providers. People will say that this is just uh, Republicans giving um, good, good uh, I don't know what the word you want to use, but so basically benefiting the AT&Ts and the Comcasts of the world as we go into what you were about to say is one of the biggest merger deals in the history of our country. So. I think although the headline says net neutrality is dead and the Internet, as you know it, is going to die, I think that's a bit of hyperbole. And I think this is going to come down to state levels, and you're going to see it being fought. Uh, the battle lines are being drawn. It's going to be fought on a state level, and I don't think it's necessarily yeah. going to be as deleterious as people think.
3: Yeah, I don't know, uh, and this is a jurisdictional issue, whether the whether the states can supersede the feds and, in fact – uh force net neutrality. But uh, I want to go back to the argument, assuming that uh the feds prevail, and then the argument becomes uh if net neutrality goes out the window, we are better off as consumers. Reminds me of the uh the Republicans saying getting rid of Obamacare means cheaper and you'll have more access to doctors if you have no insurance, which right. I don't get. Uh is it the same situation with net it's, neutrality?
0: It's, it's- You know it's interesting when, you know, they tell you you're going to have more choices, it's going to be cheaper. But that's typically the argument that's made when there are less uh, choices, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. That seems like the more choices one would have, the cheaper things would get. And and what the argument seems to be along all these battle lines is the fewer choices you have. You know, sounds counterintuitive, but the better things are going to be for the consumer. I've tried to read about this, and I've tried to understand how this, in fact, is going to help the consumer. But again, it comes down to party lines. The Republicans will swear up and down that it's going to benefit the consumer. And I think, you know, I'm I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush, but the Democrats will say, no, 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 not so fast. This is going to kill the Internet and effectively kill the consumer. It makes sense to me, and and again, I'm not playing politics here, but it makes sense to me that a free and open Internet is in everybody's best interest maybe I'm missing something. I don't
3: know. Uh, I don't think you are because the basic premise is less competition is better for the Republican view because it means cheaper, better, uh, wider coverage. Which, when you look at the Republican philosophy of life, you think it'd be the other way, wouldn't you?
0: Right. You, if, if you're for free market capitalism, and, you know, yes, you would think it'd be the other way, which is why is... Listen, there's clearly aspects of this that I'm just not getting. There, there you know, there's that I, I just don't. I get it's outside of my grasp. But again, it, to, to answer your original question, although the headline today is net neutrality is dead, I think it's far from. I think this these battles will be fought yeah. for months, if not years.
3: All right, one quick, just a real quick one. Uh, the uh, AT and T Time Warner merger. Uh, your take on that, is it going to happen, and what does that mean?
0: I think under this, I think it has to happen. I don't know how they're going to block it. You know, they talk about horizontal or latitude uh, latitudal uh, mergers, and I think this falls. I don't know how they could block this, and I think this will open up a this – will, this will free up the mergers and acquisitions market in such a way that, you know, deals that have been on the sideline will now be pushed forward. So what it means is if this deal, in fact, does go through, I think it's going to be the benefit of not only the market as a whole, but a lot of these mergers and acquisition companies have been waiting on the sideline to see if this deal actually does get approved.
3: All right, Guy Adami, thank you. We'll talk again next Monday. Thanks, Bill. All right, on Monday with Guy. And he just makes it so easy to understand this, doesn't he? Although I don't, but I pretend I do in it just that's why i get paid the big bucks here so i sound like i know what i'm talking about coming up uh conversation with lester holt nbc news uh, anchor he's in singapore and i i hope it's not too sycophantic because i'm such a fan of lester holt so tell me if i'm sucking up too much uh after the interview if you would all right that's right here on kfi am 640 i can be
4: We'll stand by you forever. You can take
3: any away. KFI AM 640. Handle here. And uh, obviously big, big news is happening because tomorrow uh, is the summit between President Trump and Kim Jong-un. The entire world is taking uh, big note of this. Uh, in the meantime, Lester Holt, uh, NBC News anchor, uh, and I'm a huge fan, and I hope it comes off that at least I'm speaking on a normal basis with Lester, uh, is there for NBC News, and uh, this thing starts tomorrow. First of all, Lester, thanks for taking the time. I know your time is so limited. Uh so uh, let's talk a little bit about North Korea and what is to be expected. Even though you're not there, you've been to North Korea five times. Uh, let's talk about that for a moment before talking about what's going on in Singapore. What's sure. It, well, it? I've
4: made uh, yeah this uh, this uh, uh, I've been to four times to the Korean Peninsula since. Uh, Last April, um, three of those were into South Korea. But in January, I was in uh, North Korea, and it was an interesting time to be there because it was really the beginning of this charm offensive that has brought us to where we are. It was when... North Korea was announcing they were going to participate in the Olympics. They took us to some training facilities there. They really wanted to start the world, get the world to see them in a different way. And um, I don't think any of us at the time realized where this charm offensive was going to go. But but here we are, um, Trump and Kim meeting together.
3: So it, I'm looking at a picture uh, that comes off of NBC. Uh, it's a single shot of uh, the uh, <clears throat> uh, the uh, the ski resort in North Korea. And I know you report it from there, where everybody's basically dressed the same. Uh, it's so obviously staged. Do they believe that we believe it's not staged?
4: Well, you know, is it's staged, it's it's a hard question to say. Certainly we asked, you know, when we were there, was, you know, who are these people? We were told they were government workers. Um, but you couldn't. The thing about North Korea is, you know, you go where they want you to go. You shoot what they want you to shoot. And I, people say, what was the experience like? And I say, you know, it's like you couldn't, you didn't quite know what was real. It's like looking at something in front of you. Is it real? Is it a mirage? And certainly that was the experience. But, you know, the, the, to the point, they took us there because they were, in fact, um, you know, going to be going to train with the South Korean uh, ski team. And this, this was the beginning of this whole process of trying to come out and show the world what they wanted to show. But um, Kim Jong un has invested in a lot of these kind of, uh, of these parks, amusement lakes, water slide places, um, uh, roller coaster type parks. And the idea being that, uh, you know, to, to put on this, this this demonstration to the rest of the world. But what was unclear was, you know, who actually goes to these things? I mean, people do go to them, but you get the impression that it's not uh, not across a wide uh, slough of the, of the North Korean population.
3: All right, real, uh, real quickly before we get to the Singapore part, because that uh, everybody's fascinated in, and I'm just riveted by what happens in North Korea. I'm assuming you don't fly American Airlines into Byung, uh, Pyongyang, right?
4: No, you uh, you go through Beijing, and there is a Korea um, is the name of the airline. It's a North Korean state uh, airline, um, and that's really pretty much the only way you can go into there. There might right. be, I think, there might be flights out of Russia as well, but uh, you yeah, you can't really get directly there from anywhere, but. Uh, uh, but I believe China and Russia.
3: Now, being curious uh, about uh, the airline itself, uh, the kind of equipment they have, uh, when you get to the airport, is there a Skyway, for example? Do they have passport control like every place else in the world? Uh, how does that work?
4: Well, it's um, first of all, to go as an American, Americans aren't really allowed to go into North Korea. We had to uh, apply to the State Department as a special procedure for, for journalists, and we went through that and were given the the authorization. So there is that. Um, obviously, on the Beijing end, it's a modern airport, but uh, much to our surprise, on the North Korean end, it was a very, very modern airport. It didn't appear to be busy. Uh, I didn't see any other flights come or go while we were there. And, in fact, after we were processed um, through customs and immigration and put on a bus, we looked, and the lights were turned out in the airport, which is something I've never, never seen before in a, in a modern airport. Um, but, you know, the security is very tight. I mean, uh, we had to be very careful what we brought in everything and I mean everything is scrutinized. Um you know, I didn't I didn't bring a computer, um I you know, I brought a phone, um, but I had a novel. I think it was a John Grissom novel. And they took that aside. Everything else I had and they you know, they uh went through everything and then they returned it. Um but obviously they're very concerned about anything involving uh you know flash drives and that sort of thing. So we you know I was respectful of that. Obviously our um you know, our camera crews, is a certain amount of equipment they have to bring on. And everything was eventually processed through. But they're very, very careful of, uh, of what comes in.
3: So d- did you feel it was very oppressive or it was just a a country just being super careful?
4: You know, super careful. And it's just, you know, as a journalist, your natural inclination is to, to you know, to, to bristle at the restrictions. But you know, you go in there understanding the deal that if you're going to go to North Korea – it's pretty much on their terms. Um what we did is we we put a um some requests out of things that we would have liked to have seen. Um but ultimately and we mentioned certainly interest in the uh in you know, the Olympic participation and maybe speaking to Olympic athletes and we ended up speaking to one of their top Olympic officials. But um as you drive in buses, um you're told areas you can't shoot and generally those were areas that um uh there you know, were less developed areas where we saw a lot of manual labor we saw people walking obviously tremendous distances um, because there are not a lot of private cars there those things they didn't want us to shoot um, but they did want us to shoot the things that that uh, looked like modern cities you know the high rise buildings sure. and some of them some of the monuments but again you know you know that going in and and the, but, but the point is you know it's better to have some access than no access at all in sure. the country That is so critical to our future, the future of many of our key allies.
3: All right, let's do this. If you don't mind, I'm going to take a break. Uh, Come right back and start talking about what's going on in Singapore and uh, NBC's coverage of uh, how all of this. This is fascinating. We'll be right back with Lester Holt, uh, KFI AM six forty. Okay, let's go to Jennifer Jones. KFI AM 640, Bill Handel here. Uh, And it is uh, Monday. Uh, Lester Holt, NBC News, the anchor, is reporting for NBC on the summit coming up. Lester, uh, again, thanks uh, for being with us. Okay, let's talk about the Singapore summit. Uh, What kind of security? What do they have you go through? How close are you going to be able to get? just all of that i'm going to just throw it at you well, and just well, let you talk
4: well one of the one of the difficult things in preparing for this trip has been it has been uh, it's been it's been rather rushed and i don't think that's a that's a criticism it's just the fact it is uh, you know it was set for june 12th and then you know president trump called it off and then reinstated it it has not been a, a, a timeline in which a lot of us know the schedule so the schedule you know was changing even as we led up to uh, uh, to the planned date and that has made it somewhat difficult. You know, because there's so many, um, not only just the preparations for, you know, what the president may offer or be willing to negotiate, but just things like, you know, meeting rooms, where the chairs are, where the staff sits, who's in there, who's not. As we, you know, planned for the trip, we weren't really sure what the schedule was going to be. The president has held up the possibility that it may go more than a day, um, and so, you know, we're you know, we're going to go along. We know these things typically have, you know, you have the security of the home country, in this case Singapore, but the United States, of course, will bring its usual uh, robust, you know, Secret Service presence, but all the support for staff. One of the stories um, that uh, we reported on, on on nightly news here recently was on the fear of Chinese spying. That the Chinese have obviously great interest in what will be said, and uh, our investigative team learned that you know. Our diplomats and officials have been warned. Be careful what you say in restaurants and public places. That there are going to be a lot of ears listening to that. So that's a whole other uh, level of security uh, and something that they'll have to deal with.
3: And how are they dealing with you? I mean, this is covered all over the world. There, are, uh, I can't even imagine how many thousands of journalists are uh, going to be credentialed here. So here you are, one, granted, one of the big ones. Uh, but how? How, do you, how are they dealing with you?
4: Well, you know, there's a credential process that began, uh, before, you know, um, before we left New York, and uh, we had to, you know, you know, submit all all the people. We have a, a I can't tell you how many people we have. But we have a large contingent. Obviously, um, uh, NBC News has a big footprint because we um, not only have uh, the network, but there's CNBC and MSNBC. So a lot of a lot of people have been assigned to the story. But it is it, it is one of the most important stories, uh, certainly, that I will have covered. Um, this is an important. Uh, Discussion between these two leaders. And, you know, I, I was thinking back and talking to a colleague, you know, um, a year ago, April, I was on a U.S. military base in South Korea getting ready to go live and do nightly news. And we got word that, you know, the North Koreans had launched another, another test rocket. And that was the environment just that short time ago. And now here we are. Uh, where Kim Jong-un is ready to talk about denuclearization. It's, it's pretty profound.
3: Now, do you have any idea how close you are going to be able, uh, able to go to the actual summit? Where Are any uh, press conferences planned where both are going to be speaking, Kim Jong-un and the president? Yeah, and are you in the I room, tell, for example?
4: You no, know, I can't tell you about um, uh, the, the mile distance. I mean, Singapore is not a, a huge city. It's a city country, as you know. Um, there is going to be a news conference. It's not, it's not clear whether I will be there. You know, we have our, our White House correspondents who are also um, traveling with the president. Uh, they may be in the room, but of course we'll have, you know, access to the feeds and that sort of thing. It's a, it's a logistical challenge because we're also working, um, you know, very strange time zones. I mean, we're going to be, um, you know, uh, Singapore, New York is a 12-hour difference. It's, it's at 15 uh, here to the, to the West Coast. Um, so, you know getting places being in place for um you know for example we'll be doing uh, our first feed of uh, nbc nightly news at six thirty in the morning there and if i do any uh today's show reporting that would be at seven at night so it's um yeah you're gonna be up for um, a while yeah so i i told my staff i said you know let's just do this just give me the schedule hour by hour because if you start trying to walk me through all this you know my mind just goes uh starts spinning around yeah i'll
3: bet and Uh, I don't want to ask you uh, this, and uh, this may be the last question, and that is uh, you have the unique uh, position of, I think, having been any uh, anchor, any news person that has ever, ever existed in the United States where an entire investigation, I'm talking about the Mueller investigation of the obstruction of justice, is President Trump's conversation with you
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. just the way you answered that
4: I will, yeah i will tell you i will tell you sometimes i'm sitting in my office and i look up and i've got all the cable channels on and i'll uh i'll see and, and hear references to that interview and it is um it's bizarre i mean uh you know as a journalist you know you always want your work to to have impact i mean uh, that's why we do what we do to inform people um i didn't expect you know to to make that kind of an impact but uh you know it really it really wasn't about me it was about you know the president's answer um, and it is certainly germane to a lot of what we're watching, you know, swirl around it right now. Um, I take no position, you know, it was Obviously the questions not. I asked yeah, I mean, the questions I asked were the questions I think any journalist would have asked given the timing of, you know, Comey had just been fired. And, uh, what I knew from my you know, previous conversations with Donald Trump, you know, before he was president, he's a guy that likes to own stuff. I mean, and that, that's what he does. And, yeah. and um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he will always come out and defend his positions all right. You you're the reference double down sometimes, but um, he's, he's he owns it, and that's what he did.
3: Lester, uh, thank you. I know you've got a, a lot to do, and thank you for the time. And then hopefully at some point uh, in the future, uh, I want to sit down with you and just talk about Lester Holt uh, as an well, individual. Well, you know, I spent,
4: I, spent, I spent a lot of time in L.A., so hopefully we can make that happen.
3: Uh, that would be wonderful. All right, Lester Holt, thank you so much.
4: Terrific. All Thanks right. for having me on. Bye.
3: Uh, This is KFI AM 640,
0: and let's check in.
4: Handle on the news.
0: Late edition. Handle on the news. Love Bill Handle. He always makes me laugh. And now, here's Bill Handle.
3: KFI Handle here on a Monday, June 11th. uh, Tonight at 6 o'clock. Our time, uh, the summit between Kim Jong-un and uh, the infamous president. Well, no, Kim, Jong, Kim Jong-un is uh, more infamous. Oh, I heard something very funny. He flew in on Air Force Un. That is funny. <laughs> I thought that was cute. All right. Before we get to uh, handle on the law, I want to remind you this Saturday is Law Day from 9 to 2 o'clock the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from Law.com. Free advice in virtually every field of law. A live broadcast of Handle On The Law from 9 to 11. Free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. Sponsored by the People's Attorney of Southern California. Sweet James Bergener. Go to SweetJames.com this Saturday, June 16th at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. Now, you've been hearing promos, and you will for the next few days about George Norrie and and I interviewed him where we talked about that he has been nominated for the National Radio Hall of Fame and asking you to vote for him. And uh, you text, I think, 100 to 96,000. Do I have that right? Uh, Go to radiovote.com. We'll make sure we do that. But I have been a huge fan of George Norrie because his show is always so rational, And he has such great guests. Can we uh, play that promo one more time and tell you why I love George so much? Coast to
1: Coast's George Norrie is nominated for the Radio Hall of Fame. In uh,
0: 1990, the devil or somebody pulled that spirit man out of my body, and and I was a slave under Satan and the devil for a few years there. If anybody's earned it, he has. Cast your vote for George
4: Norrie and also our friend Ellen Kay.
3: So, anyway, it's a UTEC 700. To 96,700 to 96,000. Okay, uh, that's George. You know, Martian anal probes. Uh, love him. You guys ready to do it? Let's do it. Handle on the News Late Edition Lead Story. And I think it won't be a young, young time Till Trump pounds Kim with missiles he will find All right, tonight. And uh, this home. very well may be now, on now. the same level as uh, Nixon Mao that meeting and uh, the Reagan-Gorbachev meeting. So uh, this may be very, very big stuff. Now, if it falls apart, uh, then you know what? I still think Trump's going to get a lot of credit credit for even trying. You know, coming to the table for the first time in uh, seven years. But it's the first time both sides are ready to do it. It would depend on what, if it
1: falls apart. Why it falls apart? That's correct. Because if it falls apart because of North Korea, Trump can say, "Hey, I didn't do anything wrong." Right.
2: All right. Next story, which I can't just get. There we go. There's a special place in hell, apparently, for Justin Trudeau. Well, ain't
3: a bad place to yeah. be. This is uh, U.S. Trade Advisor Peter Navarro, and it's pretty harsh language. I don't think I've ever heard this on a diplomatic uh, level.
2: It seemed like there was a lot of jabbing, though, that went on after this G7 summit. So it's after President Trump leaves even earlier than was expected to. He was going to leave early in the first place, but he left earlier. Then you had Justin Trudeau uh, of Canada holding this news conference. Saying that all the member nations had signed this, uh, you know, pledge to lower tariffs and trade barriers, and then he said it was insulting that the U.S. had imposed tariffs on steel and aluminum under the guise of national security. That's still
3: not going so far as to say there's a special place in hell. Well, no, uh, well, obviously, I mean, Navarro. That's went. very Trump-like. Uh, that it seems to be spreading through the administration.
2: Yeah. But didn't you feel it was kind of shady of Trudeau to do it after the president leaves? It was sort of like shake hands to your face, and then after you leave, talk smack?
3: Yeah.
1: Right, because he could have said it to his face. Exactly. Uh, Well, look, there's, uh, you know, tough talk on both sides of the Trump thing, because Robert De Niro got bleeped at the Tony Awards.
3: (laughs) It's Trump's world, baby. We will have so much winning. All I do is...
1: Uh, he came out to introduce a performance by Bruce Springsteen and he said, First, I want to say F Trump. I have it. You want to hear it? Oh, yes. Yeah.
3: Here it is. I'm going to say one thing Trump. And everybody in the audience went nuts. Yes, they did. Because this is Hollywood. If this were in the middle of Cleveland, this would be a problem for him to say. And then that. he
1: doubled down and said it again. And apparently, in Australia,
3: they're not as squeamish as we are. They didn't bleep it. Yeah. And uh, so uh, he's uh, said that several times. Anybody who invites Robert De Niro now for any major event as an MC, that's what, this is what they're going to get. Yeah. Okay. Now the big news. Now the- Finally something substantial in the news. That's correct. All right, Jen.
2: I would like a uh, classic uh, medium well with a side of pancakes. It's a pancake party. No, it's not. It's a burger party. The ultimate steak burger party because we now know IHOP is changing its name to IHOB, and
3: the B stands for burgers. Yeah, but that's not this really. This is just it's a only, promotional. Yes, it's, it's, it's gimmick. It's only at the flagship store in Glendale. Glendale. That's yeah. where it started. Still there, and uh, it's only going to be there. And it's just uh, it's introducing its burgers, uh, which eh, big deal. And none of them are that. Like, it was now, it used to the be the charts. International House of Pancakes. It is no longer. It's now iHop. And the pancake selection they had was enormous. It was all about pancakes. I, I remember going there as a kid, and it was that's all you got pancakes and waffles. And then it expanded. Now you have very few pancakes. It used to be the German pancakes with the apples. I still think they have the Swedish pancakes uh, with. Um, the lingonberry, uh, lingonberries, um, lingonberry sauce, possibly. and their crepes. Very, very nice.
1: At least now there'll finally be a place to get a hamburger around
3: here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good point.
1: <That's> uh, <laughs> Elon Musk versus the state of California.
3: My name is Elon Musk, and I'm a genius. Uh,
1: there's a rule that they want to impose Elon on Tesla goodness. that Tesla would have to be certified... Get As a fair and responsible workplace for anyone who buys a Tesla to get the electric vehicle rebate. And Tesla says, you are singling us out because what you're doing is you're trying to help those people who want to unionize Tesla.
3: Which is true because that's the state of California. So we have one manufacturing plant in the state up in Fremont, and it's Tesla. And there hadn't been car manufacturing in years and years. So it begins manufacturing in Fremont, and now the state is doing everything it can uh, to make sure that Tesla leaves.
1: Or or allows unionization, Yes, I guess, would be enough for the state. And
3: that's another one, unionize, because when in doubt, unionize and uh, make sure that uh, benefits more than any of the rest of us get, and uh, so you have a couple of uh, you have a, a couple of choices here. You first is the state. First, you work for the state or the county. That's the best. Uh, that's the end all be all because you have unlimited, uh, if you work long enough, uh, unlimited uh, uh, what do you call it, medical for the rest of yours and your family's life. You have a pension equivalent to what you were paid, not including 401ks, uh, and many people do better than they were working when they retire. But only if you're talking about the state government, not feds.
1: No, the Fed the Fed retirement got... system is not as lucrative. Yeah,
3: too bad. But anyway, so uh, let's make it so difficult for Tesla, we ha- they have to get out of uh, Dodge. All right, wealth, wealth, and more wealth.
2: Yeah, I don't know, when if you've looked your year to date on your paycheck about how much you've made so far this year, I bet Jeff Bezos made more than you did.
4: If I were a rich man. He started this year
2: with a net worth around a hundred billion dollars. Eh, he's only made an extra forty billion. Well, he
3: so hasn't far this made year. an extra forty. His net Stuck. worth has increased. Increased, and w- when it goes down ten percent, he has lost <laughs> yeah. fourteen billion dollars in one day. If you have a big drop, so and then so this story is from Time. I talked about that. Talks about the median employee salary twenty eight thousand uh and uh amazon has an estimated 566,000 employees and if he took that 40 billion dollars and gave it to his workers they would be about $70,000 a year which would double their salary and uh but he's not going to he's not going to cash in 40 billion dollars no. and then no. take that money and hand it out to uh the employees i mean it's just stupid yeah so the guy i don't even know uh what kind of dividends that Amazon uh, gives out every year, uh, but uh, his salary, incidentally, is eighty-one thousand dollars a year. That's what he makes as CEO, and probably yeah. another hundred million dollars a year in uh, dividends. I'm assuming if uh, he doesn't sell much stock either. Oh, I would, not, na- not I that. Not at this point. Yeah, he wouldn't sister, have to. You know. All right, we're going to come back and uh, finish up, handle on the news late edition. Okay, Jennifer. Oh, oh, oh I'm
2: so I'm taking my,
3: time on my ride. taking my time on my ride. Handle here. It is a uh, Monday tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, the summit begins uh, 6 o'clock our time. It'll be Tuesday morning in uh, Singapore. Uh, a whole lot going on, to say the least. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Late edition. Actually, we finish it up. Uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick and me. A grandmother in Memphis
1: arrested for driving around with her grandkids in dog kennels. Because hell. And that's hell and it was hot. And it was that's very
3: hot and that's supposed to be bad putting kids in dog kennels? I, yes. Apparently so. There was oh, no okay. room.
1: There was no room in the rest of the vehicle and yeah. so they had to ride in the back okay. in the dog kennels. Now,
2: I'm just going to ask sense. a question. Could what? she have taken the dog kennels out and then put her grandkids well, the, in?
1: Then what are the kids going to ride in? That's right. God forbid the yeah. Two counts of child endangerment.
2: <laughs> oh, well, uh, an Air Force officer from New Mexico who's been missing for decades has been found, and it's right here in California. In California. He was assigned to a base in Albuquerque and had top security clearance. And all of a sudden, he goes off the grid for 35 years.
3: Yeah, that's a weird one uh, because you've got a social security number. Yeah, uh, you can't get another one, so he just assumes a new name. Yeah, and it's just
2: weird. And that's what got him caught—the fake identity. That's just strange. He's been charged with desertion. With desertion,
3: uh, okay, but yeah, even if uh, you, let's say you're crazy, you want to disar number or discharge, you want out of the service. Uh, it's. I don't know. Is it fairly easy to get out of the service well, if back, you want to? Well,
1: back at the time, I think he could have just said, uh, I'm really gay and trans. That's true. And he would have been out now, He had a, And he had a top-secret clearance on top of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Strange. Very strange.
1: And also in New Mexico, they're trying to find an inmate. Uh, he's charged with attempted murder and some other violent stuff, and uh, he got out. But he didn't escape. They mistakenly said, you. You're out. And they drove him to downtown uh, Albuquerque and let him go. Now Now they want him
3: back. Now, this occasionally happens when they mistakenly release people. And this is when, if that's you, you immediately start buying lottery tickets. A lot of them. Because obviously you are the luckiest person in the world. Although oh, that never, they
1: never stay out very long. The, oh, right oh. in my uh, home away from home, Richmond, Virginia. Oh,
2: yes. Wayne, these are your people.
1: Gosh, uh, this guy is both a deputy with the Richmond City Sheriff's Office and the pastor at the uh, downtown jail there.
3: And he has been arrested. He's
1: been arrested for having sex with inmates a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Male inmates. Yeah,
1: male inmates. It's six counts of sex with an inmate, two counts of sexual abuse of an inmate, and this all took place during one week in September he of last spree? year.
3: Boy, there's a guy who... He uh, went on a
1: spree, yeah, this Yeah, he guy. did.
3: Boy, there's wow. someone who has the ability to last a long time or multiple stuff going on. Never mind, I want to go there, but... Or I don't want to go there. Or I do, and I'm not. Why don't we move on to the? Oh, next look! Topic? I took you know what? That was your story. That's all right. Yeah, no, let's talk my, about moonshine. Take mine.
2: No, I just like talking about moonshine.
3: <laughs> uh, well,
1: some law enforcement officers in Kentucky are in trouble for uh, transporting some things—moonshine and a little extra. Can't take my eyes off you. Now the whole. <laughs> Yeah, The, uh, the whole just... thing actually has to do with a big theft of, of weapons and ammunition. But in the process of investigating, moonshine. one guy's driving around with moonshine and a
3: pair of donor eyeballs. Whoa. Oh. This story brought to you by Excel Laser Vision. This <laughs> in your eyeball. I, it's moonshine, of course, Kentucky. Of course. Where else would it be?
1: I guess he uh, wanted to keep an eye on the moonshine Oh yeah oh, wow, okay was good. oh
3: here's a story
2: Well sometimes you know what have you guys maybe flipped somebody the bird thrown your hands up? Have you ever pooped on somebody during road rage? Uh, no so uh,
3: this, I, I don't quite understand this story they get no road rage and one of them defecates on the other one. How do you do that? How do you sure. hold them down? That's what do you I'm say, thinking. Hey wait a minute. Uh, it's okay. just, I don't know quite how that happens.
2: Like, that's what I figured they, I mean, in my mind, they're wrestling around, and finally one guy gets the other guy pinned on the ground, and somehow he's able to do his business I, I on him. I don't
3: know. It's just a strange story. I, I wish, I, I wish there was video I of it and we could, nope. uh, I do. Yep. There's, you know what? If
1: you never mind, there's a. I'll tell you about a video if you want to see something like that. uh, That was oh, making the I rounds. Oh, I think that's up. You talking about the Tim it's Hortons? On, oh, the video of, the, the, of yes. the road rage.
2: Yes, I think it's on. No, no, no. The video of the Tim Hortons.
1: There's a there's a woman who got mad at a Tim Hortons coffee shop mm-hmm. and just right there. went to town. And I right mean, right there. there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then
2: proceeded to do stuff with what she did.
1: Oh, and then right, she picked it up and threw yeah, it. At him. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, it's, it's that, I think that's a high note to go out on. You think so? I do. Okay. Woo.
2: Welcome to Monday.
1: Yeah,
3: it's Monday. let remind Usually, the
1: people why you're in the Radio Hall of Fame.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, coming up at 9.30, by the way, do they have a case, uh, which is always uh, great fun. All right. In the meantime, uh, in just a moment or two, uh, mental health expert concerned about suicide contagion. And that has to be uh, – it's – not surprising but very troubling and uh we interviewed lester holt uh, or i did uh a little while ago and something i want to point out about his newscasts that have been happening regularly over the since uh anthony bourdain uh committed suicide i'll, I'll explain that when we come back kfi am 640 Handle here on a Monday, June 11th. Some of the top stories that we are covering. Uh, Number one, right after blasting the group of seven uh, seven, uh, in Canada, getting into a huge fight with uh, Justin Trudeau, the president uh, has left. Uh, Well, he did leave uh, Quebec and he's now in Singapore. Tonight, uh, our time at six is the meeting with Kim Jong Un. And it's uh, tomorrow morning there. Also, net neutrality regulations today expire, uh, requiring Internet service providers to give all Internet traffic the same treatment. Those regulations are being rolled back, and uh, that's going to affect every single one of us. Now, the uh, suicide deaths of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade in one week has, of course, made huge news Not only in and of themselves, both major personalities that were known all over the world, well, certainly, well, actually, yeah, Anthony Bernain Bernain was known all over the world because this CNN show is carried all over the world, Uh, but also the topic of suicides in general is now part of our conversation. Same thing happened when Robin Williams, it's been four years since Robin Williams committed suicide, and... Again, the topic of conversation started right there uh, about, uh, or the topic of suicide in our conversation started right there. So uh, here is, uh, and uh, this has come up before, but now it has come up uh, with a passion, and that is uh, suicide contagion. And uh, that's the problem is that more suicides, copycat suicides, are being committed. Uh, Madeline Gould, a professor of epidemiology and child psychiatry at Columbia University, said, when I heard about Bourdain, I, I was sad for him, but also sad for people who might be influenced by it. She has studied this, quote, suicide contagion for years, and research has shown this is real, and it has to do with the media coverage of celebrity deaths, particularly suicide, and this can influence people who are vulnerable or at risk and can and does lead to a spike in suicide rates now this the the uh impact of this and the rise in the rates is no joke whenever you see medical news and i love that i mean what a crock it's uh consuming Caffeine or consuming sugarless gum or consuming avocados or whatever the hell uh, a research study has done increases your chance of a heart attack or diabetes by 50%. And everybody goes, oh my God, 50%. Well, that means it goes from 1 in 100,000 to 1.5 in 100,000. Those are the kind of figures we're talking about. It's a crock. means nothing. However... The suicide numbers are big. Suicide across the country have increased almost 10%, nearly 2,000 additional deaths. That's what happened right after the death of Robin Williams in 2014, and he hanged himself. Hanging seems to be a big one here. And it goes way back, 1962, Marilyn Monroe's uh, suicide. The Centers uh, for uh, Disease Control uh, and Prevention found that suicide rates then Jumped 12% in the year after Marilyn Monroe had committed suicide. And since we're talking about 45,000 suicides a year in the United States, now we're talking about some serious numbers. Dory Marshall, vice president of programming at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, said for someone contemplating suicide, Publishing details about the way someone killed themselves can be a triggering uh, mechanism. Hmm. The numbers that the CDC is reporting, uh, suicides increasing by more than 30% since 1999, and half the states uh, report that, and it's now the country's 10th leading cause of death. Uh, That's a big deal. So two things I want to point out. Uh, thing number one, I want to bring Jen into this conversation, Jennifer. Sure. Here is what the experts say about the increase in suicides and how to diminish them. Journalists should stay away from sensationalist headlines, avoid discussing graphic, de- graphic details, uh, minimize the risk of the suicide contagion by discussing messages of reliance and hope in their stories to encourage people to seek help. Is that a complete crock? Yes.
2: <laughs> That's what I thought. When, when am I not supposed to report the facts? Yeah. Am I supposed to just pretend it didn't happen?
3: Yeah, or minimize it. Or go, Anthony Bourdain died over the weekend. Right. Next and, story. Right, and let me tell you about what he ate that yeah. morning and where he was staying. I mean, this is ludicrous.
2: I mean, the, the only part of it that I can agree with is the part that, you know, you can try and— Uh, Give some sort of message, you know, to get the word out there for people to get help or whatever. But even
3: then, is that the job of a journalist? Absolutely not. That's my point. And now back to the tease uh, that I made. I want to wrap this around uh, during the last segment when I said, what is going on? What happened on the NBC Nightly News and has this entire week in the last several weeks, uh, particularly this week? And that is Lester Holt, who I interviewed, and I'm a huge fan of Lester Holt. Uh, Every time he does a suicide story, they put up on the screen a suicide prevention slide that says you call this number, suicide prevention line, or you go to this website. And he says, as part of his newscast, and does an aside... After reporting, Anthony Bourdain Bourdain has committed suicide, Kate Spade. And then he says, if you know someone, if you or you know someone who is contemplating suicide, please call this number. And up on the screen, there's a screenshot. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, uh, this is a PSA in the middle of a news broadcast that is uttered by the host, the anchor of a newscast. And I'm thinking, come on, guys, has it really gotten that much? So here, why not? Let's go crazy. Uh, let's say he's reporting a 17-car crash on some highway in the fog in Kentucky. And so up comes a screen Please be careful whenever you see or you're reported that it's fog or please be careful when driving in an area that the weather report has said is a flood area. Here's a phone number to call. Uh, it's it, Is that really where we've gotten? I mean,
2: literally my next newscast, if that were the case, then I talk about the summit between the president and uh, Kim Jong-un. If you are having conflicts with somebody, please call blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's crazy. Vince Vaughn gets a DUI. If I you're know. having trouble with alcoholism, please call blah, blah, blah. Is that what we're supposed to start doing now? It's the,
3: it's the pendulum swinging. This right. is the Me Too movement. It has gone too far in one direction. So now it's journalists shouldn't be journalists. What journalists should be are therapists. And it's just, it's crazy. Gotta help okay, you Yeah, I know, it's gotten crazy. Okay, <laughs> uh, people who host migrant kids, right, because they try to find families to put these kids who come over the border illegally, either whether they're separated from their parents and or come over unaccompanied, let's find some folks to put them with. And when we find them, let's arrest them and deport those people. Really? Oh, yes. I'll tell you that story when we come up. KFI AM 640, Jennifer Jones Lee. KFI handle here on. Is it uh, Monday? Yes, it is. Uh so many things are going on. Uh at six o'clock tonight. Uh it's the, the infamous summit that's going on between uh between Kim Jong un. Kim Jong un and uh the president. Oh, also uh here's something that's going on Saturday night. Big day on Saturday. Uh first of all, it's Law Day from nine to two. And then Saturday night, and I do this every year, is uh I am emceeing the lawyers and judges. Concert. This is a an orchestra that uh, is comprised of judges and lawyers. Uh, these are well, they're really good musicians that would have gone into uh, being professional musicians, but they wanted to make a living, so uh, they became judges and lawyers. And it's to benefit those who can't afford legal services. Can you imagine hundreds and hundreds of lawyers who are either not giving you advice or not suing you? And that is uh, Saturday night. It's Los Angeles Lawyers Philharmonic. and just go on the website. L.A. Lawyers, Los Angeles Lawyers Philharmonic. You'll see me in a tuxedo. It's the only time I ever wear a tux. Hard to believe, isn't it? Okay. So anyway, that's uh, coming up a Saturday night, and that's worth going to. And uh, I try to offend everybody, don't I? Of course I do. And do I usually succeed beyond my wildest imagination? All right. Now, uh, let me tell you what's going on with the world of immigration. Jeff Sessions uh, has said there's going to be zero tolerance, zero tolerance. And the people who are activists, uh, who help the illegal aliens, uh, people that are trying to cross the border illegally, either with their kids or kids that come on their own are going berserk. Because here's what's happening. As you know, they're being picked up and uh, they go into detention centers. And in many cases, they separate the kids out from their parents and be up to two years. Uh, The average is only 40, 50 days, and then off they go, and they're given given a date for a deportation hearing, and so many of them just disappear into the woodwork. Well, what happens is when a minor comes across also detained— and put in one of these, quote, detention centers where, you know, they're giving food and showers and schooling and all that. Uh, and they're kept there. So what they try to do, the government tries to do, is find sponsoring families. And tries to get people first who are related to the child. Uncle, cousins, uh, second cousins, anybody. Who will take the child or children. And then will help them show up when they go to a hearing. And in many cases, they are those people themselves are illegal. And it used to be they were left alone. Now what happens when they come to pick up the children is they're run through the system and arrested if they're illegal. So at one, on one side, the government wants family members to pick up these children to get them out of the system, for one thing. And to get them moving quicker through the system and not having to pay for keeping them in detention, that is not cheap. And at the same time, when some family member shows up, let's arrest them, too, and throw them into the pokey. Does anybody actually use the word pokey anymore? You do. Uh, Yeah. That's uh, Spanish for uh, the pokey. El pokey. No. No? No. No uh la pokey if it's uh a female pokey la yeah pokey that's a small one that's true Yes. yes such a stupid i am such a stupid anyway so that's the policy now of the united states and this just goes to show you how far this administration is going in terms of making as difficult as possible for illegal aliens to come across the border One thing you have to give this president credit for, you know exactly where he's coming from and where he wants to go. He told us that during the campaign, and uh, he is keeping his word. One of, well, what you hear now, there's rallies. I don't know how many presidents still give rallies or used to, but this president does, is promises made, promises kept, And mark my words, there's going to be some kind of wall being built. And if not the wall per se, you can imagine that there is going to be a lot more security along that border. We're talking about drones and electronic security, uh, landmines. Well, maybe not landmines. Helicopter gunships. Right? Towers. Right? Where they just shoot people. No, not really. But... They are, oh, God, if I had said that, uh, some people would go, really? Wow, helicopter gunships, huh, Bill? Uh, no, but they are making it as difficult as uh, this government can make it for illegal aliens. And there's a point here where everybody believes in security. Think about this. The advocates for the illegal aliens will tell you they believe in security, but... Let's help out the people that are here. You have to give them uh, medical care, of course. Once they're here, you have to give them citizenship, the path to citizenship. We have to be uh, more humane. Uh, Effectively, let's make it as easy for them as possible. But we believe in border security. That's a crock. They don't believe in border security. Where the Trump administration, tell you one thing, there's no hypocrisy there. We believe in border security. We're going to make it as difficult as we can, punitive, for those people that are trying to cross the border illegally. All right, coming up: Do they have a case? We do this on Monday. I have to get my uh, gavel out because I love pounding it. I thought you were going to use a bongo drum this week that oh, you got you know, sent to you. You know what? You're right. well. I have. I gave that to uh, Neil.
2: Oh, uh, so Neil Sevader for for
3: Max. So uh, he's playing with that. But I have another one, Uh, and uh, I'll use that one. It's a smaller one that I'm also going to give to Max. We had it at home, and I bought him for the girls when the girls were small. So I'm going to use that one.
2: Moral of the story is you hate Neil.
3: Uh, Yeah, Because you keep giving his drums. I know, drums. 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 (laughs) Okay, we'll be back. KFI AM 640. All
1: right. He's got his very own judges role. And a sometimes functioning frontal mold. He bangs his gavel out. When he gets it right, he's going to be so proud.
0: Do
3: they have a case? Do they? Do they
4: have a
0: case? All right.
3: KFI handle here on a Monday. Of course, the big, big story is uh, tonight at six o'clock, our time. uh, Kim Jong Un meet. With a meets with the president and uh, that summit begins uh, of course that's going to be carried live by the entire planet does that make sense also uh, law day is coming this saturday from nine to two o'clock at the bowers museum in santa ana 100 legal experts from handle on the free legal advice in virtually every field of law you can go to one lawyer i don't care a dozen if you want and I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law live from 9 to 11. Free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. Uh, log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by the Bowers Museum. And during Law Day, get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibit at the Bowers in Santa Ana. Uh, this Saturday, 9 to 2 at the Bowers. Breaking news. Yes,
2: ma'am. Dennis Rodman just arrived in Singapore.
3: Oh! And he brought his
2: tattoos with him? He brought his tattoos, his lip ring... Red hat,
3: I love it. Can you imagine someone in uh, North Korea looking like that, dressing like that? How long do you think they'd last? Okay, now it's time for do they have a case with Wayne Resnick. Same rules apply. Wayne researches. I have not heard it before. It's either cases that are about to be heard, have been heard, decided uh, by appellate court or lower court. Doesn't matter. And usually I have my gavel. Not today. Today I have my bongo drum. And uh, this is. And if people want to see what it looks like, oh, yeah. uh, there is a
1: video of you on Instagram now at Bill Handel Show. If right. they want to see.
3: So here's what's going to happen. I have to put this thing around my neck, and uh, so and I'm giving this. I bought this for uh, my daughters when they were little ones, and I'm giving this to Max Neil Savedra's, uh son. So, bongo. bongo! Instagram at Bill Handel Show. All right, let's
1: go for it. There was a car accident, and uh, one of the passengers in one of the cars got permanent brain damage. And according to a passenger in the other car, this is what was happening right before the crash. The driver of the car had their phone out, and on the screen, this passenger in the back seat could see that the screen said 80 miles an hour. And she said, hey, Crystal, that's the woman driving the car, Crystal, what are you? is your phone tracking the speed of your car? And Crystal says, yeah, I'm on Snapchat. I want to get it up to 100 miles an hour and post it on Snapchat because Snapchat has a filter right. that shows you the speed. Well, the woman in the backseat said, hey, I'm pregnant. Can you slow down? This is scaring me. And Crystal said, hold this on, I'm the, almost this there. This is in
3: the back of the car. Of the car of the woman who's using Snapchat. Right. And they're front or back? They're in the back. The, the, the passenger's in the back seat. No, but the car's uh, is, uh, this is only one car. I mean, it, it's, we're not, it's it not a rear being,
1: ender, right? It's a, It ends up being a head-on collision with Got another it. car. Okay, saying, a con- a Got it. Okay, fair enough. But I'm saying this is what's going on according to someone who was in the car. Right. Anyway... She's like, please stop, please stop. Crystal says, I'm almost about to do it. I'm about to post it. And the passenger sees right right before 113 miles an hour on the screen. And right at that point, this other car comes out of an apartment complex and makes a turn. And boom, permanent brain damage for a guy in the other car. They sue, of course, the woman who was driving so fast. They also sue Snapchat saying you are encouraging people to speed by having this filter. Uh, It goes to federal court. The judge doesn't seem to understand their argument. The judge there says, oh, they're protected by the Communications Decency Act. You're not liable for what other people post. So it goes up to uh, the, the family of the guy, they're like, you don't even understand what we're saying here. They go to the federal appeals court. They make their argument that this filter is encouraging people to drive too fast and we should be allowed to proceed with the lawsuit. Do they have a case?
3: I say, Ba-ba-loo. I say, yes. I think that uh, they, I, I think it's a question of complicity and encouragement. There may be uh not complete liability or probably go to comparative liability. And if it's in the state of California, in other states, it's a question of 51% or more. But I think uh, that a reasonable outcome to uh, assume that there is a – that people would look at this uh, as uh, an encouragement to speed. I'm going to say yes, there is liability. And that's what the appeals court said. It did. Well, they said um – they said you have the right to pursue right that your not, claim exactly, and then now was a question. It's a, fat, it's a factual I- issue. Yeah. Do you believe the gal in uh, the back seat is she suing, for example, for any injuries that she's had? Uh, so therefore, it would taint uh, the, her credibility. Saying, hey, of course you're going to make that up or you're going to exaggerate that. So there's a bunch of issues, but the basic premise is there. Enough here to go forward with the case. In other words, uh, uh, a based on whatever the judge said, which is crazy. The Decency Act, and he, that's just BS. I wonder if that was. I assume that was brought up. Well, the Appeals
1: Court basically said, "Here's you know, here's what the lower court said," and then they go, "That's not why they're suing." Right? They're suing for a completely right. different reason.
3: All right, uh, we'll take a break. Come back and do some more as we finish the show. And there's more. Do they have a case? Jennifer Jones Lee. And this is uh, KFI Handle here on a Monday. As I move my drum over here, uh, and here's what we're doing today. Uh, of course, we're doing Do they have a case? But instead of my gavel, I have. Oh, yeah. Let me get this in the right position.
1: There I, we go. I'm going to encourage everybody my, uh, who hasn't already to go look at the video we put up of you with your drum on Instagram because I just at Bill Handel Show because I just realized the the decorations on that drum
3: match my shirt.
1: Well. <laughs> Do they match or do they clash Uh in a most alarming way with your shirt? All
3: right, so that's our Instagram, at Bill Handel Show. All right, uh, now, back we go as we finish up uh, Do They Have a Case with uh, Wayne throwing cases at me. Please do it.
1: Bill Cosby. Oh! You know he's being sued uh, by women for defamation for denying that he ever uh, sexually assaulted them. Now, when he got sued, he went to his insurance company, AIG. And he has a homeowner's policy, and then he has one of these umbrella liability policies. And he said, you got to defend me against these defamation uh, lawsuits because one of the injuries that I'm covered for is specifically defamation. And AIG said, uh, yeah, okay. And then, not too long after that, they came back and said, you know what? No, because we have a clause that says we don't have to defend you for any claims arising out of sexual misconduct or allegations of sexual misconduct well the Cosby people say no 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 he's being sued for defamation not for sexual misconduct right and AIG says yeah but if there wasn't any sexual misconduct or allegations there wouldn't be any defamation so we're not going to defend you right Uh, it goes all the way up to the First Circuit Court of Appeals where they add to the panel just as an interesting side note Retired David H. Souter, former associate justice of the Supreme Court, sitting by designation. He actually wrote the opinion. Mm. Of, so, bottom line, arising out that of, is what's language. the level of connection yeah. between the allegations of sex misconduct and the allegations that you've defamed us by denying right. the sex misconduct?
3: Well, first of all, simply denial, I think, is not defamation. Everybody denies I mean, that is everybody who's accused denies. And if that's if denial was the bar, then everybody would be sued for defamation. Now, once you are sued for defamation, first of all, I think a summary judgment would fly, but let's say it doesn't, uh, then the insurance company saying arising out of covers an awful lot. Uh and I'm going to argue that uh the arising, which by the way, is not a sexual reference okay I want to make that really clear arising uh, out of uh, that particular set of circumstances I'm going to say uh, the insurance company has it well that's what I would say but I never know well what if I
1: what would you would you agree it's uh, maybe a little ambiguous? oh yeah
3: absolutely but <laughs> so then what happens oh if it's ambiguous then the ambiguity loses and it has to be very specific but the arising out of I think is enough uh, that's my my take on it. but You, you know, have more clarity
1: than they did. They said, wow, it's really ambiguous to figure out whether there's enough of a connection with these words. And therefore, the person who wrote the contract loses, well, and that's, that's the so, insurance And that's, company. A,
3: that's another rule, of course, that uh, when interpreting, it's, it's really a, a little bit complicated. Well, it's not complicated. It's just a rule of law. One of the rules of law is that whenever there's a dispute between... Uh, any two people or any two parties in reference to a contract dispute, then all things being equal, it's held against the writer of the contract. But I still think the arising part meets the bar. But so be it.
1: Well, you wouldn't have found it as ambiguous as they no. did. But and so, that's why different judges.
3: That's right. So therefore, I'm yeah. saying no case. All right. All right. Let's move on really quickly. All right. Uh,
1: okay. Here in California, a group of people got together as a class action and sued the Mars company that makes the right. nice chocolate, uh, saying that they had to put a label on their chocolate warning consumers that cocoa beans from the Ivory Coast are produced with child slave labor.
3: They had, mean, they had a duty to do that.
1: This is Al- what the lawsuit says, yes. Yeah, that but, under but, California's wh- consumer protection laws oh, Mars must Got it. inform a Got consumer. It. Yeah. What well, by the way, Mars doesn't get all of their cocoa beans from the Ivory Coast. So Wait, at, any, on a, they, at any any given
3: candy bar, right. you can't be sure. But, but they it, do. Get, but they get all of their good tasting chocolate from kids from fourteen year olds or 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 less. that uh, go ahead and harvest the beans.
1: Yes. So so the plaintiffs are saying uh, the consumers have a right under the consumer protection laws to know this, and Mars says no, no they don't. Those laws. We have to disclose things that are a safety issue, or affect the functioning of the product yep. itself not some moral issue yeah, behind how issue. it's produced a exactly. political issue well this uh goes up to ninth circuit court of appeals well, who has to decide whether right. they
3: have to or not okay first of all uh to me it's cl- it's crystal clear uh and there is no duty to inform that kids or not kids or old people or people in wheelchairs are picking the uh, the chocolate. So I think it is not an issue of safety uh, and uh, or aller- allergies. Uh, this contains nuts or this contains chocolate. This chocolate bar contains chocolate. Uh, so I'm saying absolutely there is no question in my case that Mars is off the hook. However, it's a Ninth Circuit. So I'm going to say no. Mars Company... Babaloo, what the hell did I just walk in on? I know you just walked into a very weird circle. Anyway, Mars wins. Yes, they do. Okay, correct. Babalooba, what was that? Babaloo. Babaloo. Yeah, Babaloo. The reference. Ah, see, that's why I said we have an Instagram, and that's why I said look up the reference. Okay, got it. The Lucy Show. Desi Arnaz. Okay. He was uh, well. He, now they don't have to look up. Yeah. The well, he, yeah, uh, he in the sh- in the show he had an orchestra, the Desi Arnaz, well, actually the R- Ricky Ricardo orchestra. He played the bongo drums, and his song was Babalu. I could right.
2: never get into that show. Oh, it was, are, you didn't get into the Lucy I, I couldn't
3: show? handle the tone of her voice. Oh, it drove me up the wall. You know that is I was the most... much more into Bewitched. Oh, phew. You know that the Lucy Show is the most successful syndicated I show that. on the planet. I understand that. I just
2: couldn't get into it. Okay. Uh Gary What can you get into? Gary is not here, but we have a cornucopia of excitement and guests today first of all neil saavedra is going to be hanging out with me today that's always a good time uh louise turpin remember the house of horrors we've got her sister coming on who apparently was writing a book about how screwed up their childhood was before all those kids were found uh also we've got a brothel ban that is hanging in the air in nevada because we've got a legal pimp running for office we'll have that legal pimp on our show today
3: fantastic do they call them pimps they do now, or do they call them? Propri- is, that, is that not PC? Per- uh, proprietors. Are we in a safe space? Brothel? I have no idea. It's uh, yeah, you know, pimp runs for office. Sure, why not? You think the attack ads would be difficult to mount on that one? Oh, so much fun! Oh, absolutely, so much fun. Okay, also, quick reminder that Saturday is Law Day at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana from nine to two o'clock, and you get over a hundred lawyers showing up, and of course, I'll be there. Uh, it's uh, going to be Law Day. In the meantime. It's uh, Gary and Shannon. So you're on your own. No guests. Uh, no, that Neil Savedra's is going to hang out. Oh, he's going to co host yeah. with you. Yes, sir. Starting about now? Yes, sir. Ooh, a lot of food. All right. <laughs> Why not? Shannon, have a good show. Thank you. Handle and the Morning Crew. We'll do this again tomorrow. KFI AM 640.